0: Hello, this is Glenn from Infants on Thrones. You know, in the recent episode where I discussed emotional maturity with psychotherapist Josh Neal, we joked a lot about Bob's Mormon cred scale. John, Haman says no. A little thing that we created back in 2014 to justify our deep and unmet needs for validation. Right? Now, I like to think of Infants on Thrones as a way of learning out loud, a place of growing and maturing emotionally, intellectually, making mistakes, learning from them, hopefully growing towards greater understanding and greater compassion for every single one of us that's going through this learning out loud process. So today I'm re-releasing the original Bob's Mormon Cred Scale episode, and I'm also making the Cred Scale once again available to take for any listener interested in taking it. It kind of shocked me, actually. It's been taken 8,333 times since we first published it back in May 2014. So head over to the website, InfantsOnThrones.com, if you'd like to discover your own Mormon cred, and sit back and enjoy this blast from the past episode as Bob, Jake, Tom, Matt, and myself discuss Bob's Mormon cred scale. And by the way, I ran a transcript of this episode through ChatGPT, and I asked it to create a scale from 1 to 10, for the emotional maturity of each infant panelist in this discussion. Now, I don't really know how accurate it is, especially since it was based solely on written words without considering tone of voice, because I feel like, you know, when I listen back to this episode, I feel like I sound pretty dismissive and judgy at times, which is not emotionally mature. But I'll tell you that I scored the lowest. The lowest compared to all the other four infants on the discussion. So, you know, see what I mean? Learning out loud pretty cool, huh? Anyway, I'll be breaking this down a bit more on a Patreon-only sharing time episode, so if you'd like to support this podcast and you're interested in hearing more about the Mormon cred scale, including the listener essay that originally inspired it, come and support the podcast on Patreon. I greatly appreciate it. is infants on thrones baby steps Who want someone to preach to you? the philosophies of men
1: i like magical toys what
0: religion do you? mingled with humor i don't believe in them. there will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with, with humor. You. we are evolving baby steps you can buy anything this world of
2: money the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone
3: Hey everyone, Bob here. In today's episode of Infants on Thrones, we're going to discuss Mormon credibility. Well, kind of. For reasons we'll get into in the episode, I decided to create a Mormon cred scale. That's right, a Mormon cred scale. What it tries to do is measure Mormon credibility based on how much of the what I like to call the end-to-end Mormon experience you've partaken of in this life. It's really just meant to be a fun and simple way to measure and compare Mormon credibility among your Mormon friends. And I'd like to think maybe it could even be insightful. I don't know. You tell me. You see, we're going to try something slightly different in that we're going to release this Mormon cred scale along with the episode. So if you want to participate, check out the link in the show notes or go to infantsonthrones.com survey, or just go to our main page and click on the survey button in the upper right. You'll get to a page to answer just 18 questions, after which, you know, you're going to be judged appropriately, and uh, then you'll be given a score out of 100 with a description of your Mormon credibility. But back to the podcast. I'm joined by Glenn, Jake, Matt, and Tom. It's a full house and quite the lively discussion on this Mormon credibility concept. Can it really be quantified? What's the best way to do it? All those sorts of things we're going to talk about. We're here to break it down for you. I do want to mention that the first 15 minutes or so, it's more set up about the concept followed by the rest of the episode where we discuss it in a lot more detail. So one tip I'd give you is to go ahead and take the survey now. I mean, that is if you're interested, because it'll it'll just take a few minutes and it'll give you even more context more quickly. But that said, you know, feel free to listen directly. There's no need to take the survey to get what we're talking about. Anyway, enough of that. Let's kick it off with Glenn explaining how this came to be. Take it away, Glenn.
0: So, just setting the stage, you know, we did this. We had this conversation with Matthew Timian on being David Archuleta, and at one point, uh, he mentioned that he was doing all this Mormon crap, like following girls around and and whatnot. And you know, I kind of pushed back on him because I, and even even in his essay, I was thinking. You know, you weren't Mormon for very long. And if if you were 18 years old when you were converted, how Mormon can you really be?
4: I got remarried uh, to a girl I met on an ex-Mormon board. And so that was like I graduated college and then I moved to Salt Lake City to be with this this girl. So, you know, I'm just doing I'm doing all the same Mormon crap over and over again. I'm like, you know, following my dick around um, moving to Salt Lake to be with her or whatever why you, why it is.
0: Why do you call that Mormon crap?
4: Because I've never seen anyone, you know, who Who else proposes after three weeks uh, relocates across, you know, I went from Southern California to Utah for a girl I've seen a half dozen times. I'm like, up, up and rooting my life for someone I barely know, and it 's just for a girl, and yeah, you know I, other people do it too, so maybe it isn 't right calling it mormon crap,
0: but well but but here 's kind of the and i 'm saying this kind of tongue in cheek, kind of the issue that I take you, you weren 't raised Mormon, you know you were 17, 18 years old when you joined the church, so like and i was I was thinking about this when I was listening to your essay, like wondering how much of the the Mormonness really seeped in and informs. The way you see the world, I, and, and I'm asking this as a genuine question. I don't know, you know, like because I was raised in it, went through the whole primary thing. Like I feel like my brain was formed by Mormonism, where yours wasn't. Yours was formed in this family that wasn't really religious. Um, but then, then you joined. You were a member for a few years, and then you weren't. So, like, how how impactful was that few years of Mormonism in the way that you see the world? That you know, you're, you're saying you did the Mormon thing of going to, to Utah chasing a, a girl. Right. I, I asked that as a sincere question. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I think it's an interesting question to explore. So anyways, Bob, you heard the recording because you weren't actually part of that conversation, right? But but you heard it back, and uh, you had a couple ideas around it and, and where it fit for other things you had been thinking.
3: Yeah, so I've been thinking about this for a while, but I haven't had a reason or a catalyst to put it to paper. And... Um, I called it the Mormon cred scale, for lack of a better term. Um, but apparently, after the conversation over email with all of you guys, I, I almost want to rename it Bob's Mormon cred scale because you guys all <laughs> sh- <laughs> you shat all over no, it. You're like,
0: no, 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 no. See, that's the problem with email. You can't tell if somebody's really shitting on it or not. Like, for for me, no, I, I, I I loved the idea. I just thought. I, I thought it needed to be more expansive. I thought it needed to cover more areas than just like the heritage stuff. But anyway, we, we can we can get to that as we go. But yeah, yeah so, I have a shit on it.
3: So the the idea is is like combining this phenomenon which is which is just an exploitation uh technique for a website called BuzzFeed where it's like, "Hey, which Harry Potter character are you?" Um And people have been doing this kind of thing for years. It's just now there's people who do it, like, for a living. Um, But, you know, having a catchy way to have people who are affiliated with Mormonism in one way or another, active or inactive or all, you know, across the whole spectrum, fill out some sort of fun and breezy, easy questionnaire that then gives them some kind of point ranking, ranking on a scale, which suggests how much Mormon credibility they have. And so I thought that I had it... Fairly well constructed in my head based on my own experiences as a Mormon. So I came up with these, it's like around 15 questions. I was thinking it'd be fun for like listeners and for you guys to like, well, first it was selfish for me because I I wanted to put everyone in a box because that's also a very Mormon thing to do is like, hey, I need to know these very arbitrary things about you so then I can judge you in just the right way compared to other people who are Mormon. (laughs) Um, So that was part of the the thing. So I I still don't have Randy's score, but pretty much everyone else uh, answered it. And, you know, spoiler alert, we're all pretty credible as Mormons, according to Bob's Mormon cred scale. (laughs) Thanks, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't don't know where to take it from here, but we can talk about what the questions are, the methodology, the the reason, you know, it was defined the way it was, and then, you know, what you guys took issue with and and how it could be better or, or... Well, the best way is to determine Mormon credibility in a quantifiable way. um, That's more than just a joke.
0: Now, (laughs) by by the time we release this... You know, this episode, assuming that it ever becomes an episode. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: Was the intro that bad? No, but, you know, we've he done, like, we've done Bob, this before. this sucks already. No, we've done this before. <laughs> but it, but anyway, you know, I mean, we, we want to have, like, this one of these BuzzFeed-type quizzes that people could do the way that they've done surveys on the website, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea. So that we're talking about it now, and then when people get done listening to this, they'll be so excited. Right. They'll go... And they'll want to see what type of a Mormon they are. Are they Hermione? Or are they Hagrid? Right. Okay. Those aren't Mormons. <laughs> no, no, not right.
5: not. no. <laughs> Why <would> they do <laughs> know what's wrong
6: imagine. with those. those... You can uh I mean the the questions are so obviously skewed to what you want to be. So like on the Star Wars one, uh, it was pretty easy to be Han Solo. You just have to not pick you have to you have to comment on being sarcastic, kind of an asshole and not want a lightsaber and
3: bam, you're Han Solo. So You just right. made like uh, <laughs> a bad concept, even worse, Matt. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I thought this BuzzFeed thing as a methodology would be sort of fun, and you're like, dude, I game those all the time. Yeah. I'm the characters I want to be. But, but
0: so, so like, what's the what's the purpose though of the scale of 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 the scale? You know, right?
3: Okay. So the purpose, from my point of view anyway, was um, to to categorize Mormons, um, into, into three big buckets and and the, the individual point scores we can get into the the specifics are kind of fun just for comparing, like comparing ACT scores is fun or whatever, or GPAs, or I don't know if you guys were nerdy in that way or whatever other metric that matters to people as they grow up, um, more than it should. So the three big buckets are, in my opinion, independent of whether or not you're active today, and that's part of how the, the scale was structured, um, how much credibility do you have um, uh, talking about Mormonism? So there's full Mormon, then there's Mormon with caveats, and then there's like Mormon with heavy disclaimers. Like heavy petting. Almost not Mormon. You know, like
0: petting and <laughs> like that, that, that gradation. Well, you said heavy. Only you would go there.
3: <laughs> yeah, heavy. Wow, what a word. Um, so, yeah. And if you're in that third category, then it's it, it, it's incumbent upon you, like this guy you guys interviewed um, on the previous episode, to kind of lay it on thick that there are these huge disclaimers and not to just, like, be hanging out with the guys and, and you know, talking about Mormonism left and right like you know what you're talking about. Like, you should be a little more humble <laughs> so about you think it in, that, in that my Matthew, opinion.
0: Who we talked to didn't have enough Mormon cred to really be... Uh, talking the way that he did, you think you think he needed to be more humble about yeah. his Mormon experience, or, or or deferential to those of us who scored higher on the Bob Cred scale?
3: <laughs> yeah, something like that. And I, I don't mean to, the first example of this, the usefulness of this, to be the most dickish one because I mean he was fine. Um, it, it's just <laughs> we've all been in this position where somebody talks about Mormonism um, in in the context of being super mormon when you when you really, you know, peel back the layers of the onion and you're like, dude, you didn't even scratch the surface compared to the shit that I went through. So stop like being a crybaby about it. Um so there's that aspect which is we've all wanted to articulate our frustration with that because we're selfish people. Um but then there's just the fun side of it and and just sort of I don't know, we talk about mormonism a lot on this podcast so maybe we should Invent a way that we claim ultimate authority on it, right? <laughs> well, right. well, I think <laughs> that that thing, right.
5: I actually think there is something to it because, like, there's certain Mormons that you want to hear from, like, I, just to kind of go off and get, wash our own balls on this, but Tom Phillips, right? <laughs> he, I think he carries probably the most Mormon credibility of most people that have been interviewed on Mormon-themed podcasts. I would think oh? so. Because, Tom Phillips. Oh, okay. Because he's—I mean—he's done things in the Mormon world that most of us haven't, like you know, specifically the second anointing. So and also being a bishop
0: that, and being a state yeah, president, you know. Yeah, but so it's he's, like... he's a convert, so he would get negative points on Bob's Mormon cred scale.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. So we'll we'll go over that, but. Um, in defense of my scale, two things. One is, is he would still score nearly as high or higher than most everyone. The scale is almost defined or, or, or created such that very few people get a perfect 100. So it's a scale of 0 to 100, to keep it simple. Was um,
5: that intentional? Come on. Yeah. Was that
3: intentional? <laughs> yeah. It started okay. as 102, but then, no. Um, <laughs> so the point is, is that getting a perfect 100 isn't necessarily the goal. Because Mormonism isn't one easily definable thing but it's enough of a definable thing that um the way i again back to the points don't matter as much as the three categories um even though i'm going to quantify it now i sort of loosely in my head according to the scale think that anybody who has 70 or higher and is you know more than two-thirds experience mormonism um is pretty much experienced Mormonism, because we all overlap in that two-thirds way that, that that we all can point to, but it's hard to define concretely. And then, you know, the, the scale slides down from there, then there's the middle third, they're, 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 they're the group in the middle that um, have experienced like half of it, but not enough to, to be up in the two-thirds experience group, and so on and so forth.
5: Okay, I see, I see okay. what you're saying, but... Come on, man. if Tom Phillips scores less points on your credibility scale, then your credibility scale loses credibility yeah i don't know I, no, no, I, I
0: agree but and and i I like that Tom brings up Tom Phillips as a, a an example here and and maybe maybe what we could do, Bob now is actually like go through what your questions are because listeners are probably wondering at this point, but like I got an eighty five out of a hundred on yours and that may be higher than Tom Phillips, but I wouldn't give myself as much cred but based on you know the things that Tom's talking about as Tom Phillips. So, so that is where I feel like the, the scale kind of – it, yeah, it could yeah. be enhanced. So there could be you, more things you, taken into consideration than, than what you've got.
3: Sure, you guys picked like the Uckdorf anomaly or whatever, which is.
1: <laughs> uh,
3: sure, yeah, there
1: are. Well known scientific principle. <laughs> the Uckdorf anomaly. The, or- the Uckdorf right. anomaly.
3: Coined here, right here, right now, the Uckdorf anomaly. And what that states is that, yes, there are exceptions to the laws of. Bob, science that dictate <laughs> that if you are a convert, you lose points. But then, if you go like all the way into your 60s or 70s and and make it all the way to the GA tract, okay, then you get a pass. And sure, the scale sort of breaks down for you. But like that is like a less than one percent chance, or or less than one percent of the population. So you know, all th- all else considered. The scale is is still pretty accurate. Okay, so
1: here's <laughs> so here's my question, and maybe this will be better answered as we go into the into the questions themselves. But um, my issue that I take with it is okay. We're talking about having experienced Mormonism, and what exactly does that mean? Does that mean like by does that mean participating in what is quote unquote the common Mormon experience, or is that internalizing the Mormon identity? Because yeah. I feel like those things can be different things. Right. But they should be uh, but that should right. be addressed
3: more more the former and less the latter. So internalizing the Mormon identity and being like a hardcore Mormon versus a, a, a lighter Mormon isn't what this is trying to measure. It's trying to measure the end to end experience. So I have kind of like three um, three criteria for what makes a good question for the scale. Um, the first one is. It's it's universally applicable. So to the extent possible, and you know, Mormonism only sort of allows for this, um, independent of sex, nationality, race, all of those factors, um, everybody gets a fair shot at um, the same amount of points on this scale. So by definition, you don't get to claim being more Mormon because you uh, hold the priesthood versus a woman. She still has, and, and maybe that's just like me trying to be like. Mm-hmm. Reverse sexist and make sure it 's fair or something um, <laughs> but i 'm just trying to say it 's universally applicable it 's men, women, somebody uh, in the church uh, internationally versus somebody in the church um, domestically, uh, although that doesn 't quite hold true because there 's some exceptions to that, um, but things that are that are uh, part of the the day to day the key milestones of going through the end to end mormon experience in this life so that 's criteria number one number two is um, universally accepted as something that has uh, a certain threshold of of meaningfulness. And, again, this is somewhat debatable, um, but certain stuff isn't as relevant as other stuff. Um, So, for instance... To Bob. um, Sure. So, for instance, to Bob and to anybody...
0: decrees from on high.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. To to anybody who has common sense, um, wearing a CTR ring doesn't... Have as much clout as going on a mission. They're both very Mormon, and you could claim that having a CTR ring defines part of this meaningfulness um, uh, metric or whatever, but it's just not enough to be. And we also want, at least I wanted to keep the questions light and fun and not have it be like a hundred question, you know, Myers Briggs sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. um, there's like a minimum threshold of meaningfulness, um, and uh, based on those key milestones in any any given Mormon's life, again, according to me, and then uh, the third, the third category or criteria is um, piece of criteria is uh, belief type independent. So it was important to me that this scale could be used equally for uh, ex Mormons, liberal Mormons, conservative Mormons. So just because um, you doubled down as a Mormon in certain things, and you had your your pet project of marking up your scriptures like crazy, and never missing a family home evening. Um, that's all well and good, but uh, there are a lot of Mormons who go through the, the key end-to-end experience that don't, you know, have a six-color code system for uh, the book of Second Nephi or, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I wanted this to be kind of logistical things you do, uh, important things that are part of the Mormon experience that aren't as much um, defined by how passionate you are toward those things. Is it just okay. me,
5: or is is anyone else imagining Bob with glasses on and a white lab coat as he's reading this? <laughs> this, yes. this is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I love this. Yes. So,
6: yeah, so... Bob, Bob, who keeps u- referring to the word or u- using the word pedantic in each of his emails, just spoke.
4: Right.
3: <laughs> Thanks for that, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Bob the hypocrite. <laughs> Bob is an emailer and is a guy on a podcast are like two different Bobs. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll take that one. Um, yeah. So the reason I was referring to the word pedantic so much is because I felt like everyone wanted to expand the scope, and and most of the reactions were like, "Wait a second! I didn't score a perfect one hundred. and It's because in my unique case, I'm more Mormon in it this way." <laughs> who and who like, was like that? All of you. No, no, one I was. was like that. Oh, I was I
1: not. I was. No. I'm sitting there defending the guy who who converted people before his mission. Right. You're telling me that he doesn't get a bump from that? That that That's... I can't. Okay. Well, well okay. We'll we we should go through the we question. We should we'll go through this. the list. After yeah.
6: after Bob's Bob's diatribe there explaining <laughs> uh, his his criterion and why he uh, determined certain things uh, certain things matters and others don't. We should go through the list.
1: Yeah. Okay. All
6: right. What 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 ranks or what is on the list of of making some giving somebody mormon cred?
3: Yeah, so there are eighteen questions. You want me to just read through them? Yeah, don't give the don't give the
0: points. Just read through them real quick.
3: Oh, wait. I, before you do that, I do, do want to kind of comment on this whole Mormon credibility
6: thing. Is there was a person I worked with who would basically say that I don't I I don't have any ability to criticize the church, or I can't criticize the church because I'm. Uh, you know, because I, I'm basically a nonbeliever, and I explained to that person. But I'm more Mormon than you are. Uh, I've been on a mission. I've been through the temple. You know, I've raised kids in the church, whereas this person was single and had never done any of those things. And so my argument was, I am more Mormon than you are. So it kind of this is kind of the backdrop for this idea: is even as a nonbeliever, don't I have more credibility than certain people
0: who are in the church? And and I guess the way that we'd frame that, and tell me if I'm wrong, Bob, but it would be. Um, that you have had, you have experienced more of the end-to-end Mormon experience than this guy has.
3: Absolutely, okay. yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll read through these, and I'll, I'll still say the points really fast. Uh, they're in five-point increments, and it helps add context, and it's, right. it won't take more than five seconds more. So here they are. Do you come from a long line of Mormons, plus five? Are you a convert, minus 15? Or did your parents convert with you, and you can remember it? Then only minus ten.
0: That was such that's a confusing a, question to me. That's, like that's you, when you only... ask those like compound questions that it just like complicated things. But anyway, okay. you were the one
5: that tells tells Bob to just read through them.
0: Yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but no. Don't let's
6: not read through them. Actually, so oh. the problem with that section, <laughs> the problem with that section is you have both uh, you've given too much of a negative right. to people who have converted or their parents have. Uh, converted, so what about my situation where I, my mother 's family goes all the way back to Joseph Smith, but my dad was a convert at eighteen yeah you get a, you get a pass it 's fine um, two and a half this... points. half all right
5: but isn't, isn't, aren 't aren't you really Bob just trying to emphasize how important it is to have you, you know your heritage and your genealogy rooted deeply within mormonism
3: right and and if you have the reason in the question if you read it carefully it says parents, if you have at least one parent who isn 't a convert. Then you can you don't have to lose points. This is if like you are truly a convert and and remember it, and your parents either weren't involved or um that's like minus fifteen points because that means you converted when you were older you didn't get their permission perhaps um, but if your parents were involved and you remember it at least one of them um or or both of them i excuse me both of them then you don't Lose as many points, but you still lose some points because you converted when you were like six, seven, eight, nine, and so you you missed out on the first part of growing up Mormon. So you know Isn't
0: how you know how like um, man will be punished for his own sins and not for Adam's transgression. Yeah. Where's the where like correlation between you know you will get credit for your own end to end Mormon experience and not for <laughs> your parents or ancestors?
5: Hey, okay, you've been you've been around these circles long enough, Glenn. You've heard well, my my history goes back to Nauvoo or back to Palmyra. Yeah, that's that's a that's a decent resume thing that Mormons use all the time. Okay, so so, so then
0: on. so then the experience is that kind of bragging. Like, like yeah. have you ever bragged about your ancestry? Not necessarily that you have them.
6: Okay, have, you, right. have you ever referred to yourself as cattle? I'm from good stock.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm good stock. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so we can take these a couple at a time and then comment. So the next is, uh, did one or both of your parents convert, but before you were born, or were one or both you born into the church? <laughs> That's- that's another compound sentence that you all hate, but, but it's just kind of the inverse, so it takes, it, it gives back, that's plus five, gives back some points. Um, did you go through the temple? Plus ten. Did you serve a, mesh, a mission? Plus ten. These ones I'm assuming you guys are mostly okay with, that those are two big milestones that give you yep. credibility.
1: Yeah, although wait, wait, I think okay. the mission should be a little bit more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, 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 Two years, wait, wait. bro. Well, let's, let's talk about universal uh, applicability, though, because I don't think that that really applies the same way to men and women because of the different pressures yeah. based on, you, you know, the, the different pressures of going on a mission if you're a man versus a woman.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I, I almost think if you were really going to go for universality, you'd have to have a a, a a very carefully constructed set of questions for women and a carefully constructed like cor- corresponding set of questions for men, but I don't think it can be the same question, or that the the answers can all have the same weight, um, you know. It, it, just just because of those very things. I mean, a, a woman who goes on a mission would probably get more points than a guy who goes on a mission. She would have so, more cred than a than a guy who did, because it's a yeah, more so- rare thing,
3: right? Um, maybe. But a, a quick but fix to that. But they don't
0: serve that... as long, though, Glenn. They don't serve as long. It doesn't matter. So so maybe shave off a couple of points, but they would still I, have, like, 20 compared it, to 10 for other guys. It's a wash. It's a wash. I'm with Bob.
5: No
3: one yeah, else is going to Yeah, on mission,
6: back. I'm saying it's like either you're pregnant or you're not. Either you went or you didn't.
3: Right. And I, and I think the quick fix to that, as I'm thinking out loud, is, um, in my opinion, f- from talking to women about it, Um, perhaps going through the temple, especially if you don't go on a mission is a bigger deal because it has different implications. And a lot of times it's associated with marriage and wearing weird underwear that um, isn't quite as weird for men because men have underwear that's similar in style in some ways. So I've, I've just had experience with women taking the temple uh, milestone and, and having that be more of a, of an experience than with men where it kind of goes hand in hand. So in some ways, a quick fix would be to say, "Did you go through the temple?" Uh, plus fifteen for women. Did you serve a mission for women? It's plus five. So you just weight them slightly differently. But for men, it's plus ten plus ten. But yeah, now well we're it's,
6: yeah. But it's it's uh, the being married in the temple is the woman, woman's equivalent of going on a mission. So if you married in the temple before twenty one, that's like plus ten.
3: Yeah. See? Well, and we do have just different bought
6: into that the, to those gender roles. All the all the way, you go right. from father's home to husband's home, bam! You're that's the Mormon experience, and so a yeah. woman who's gone to college and has experienced these things and and has had other 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 ex- experiences outside of that loses Mormon credibility because they haven't uh, they they haven't participated fully in the Mormon experience as a woman.
3: Yeah, there's something to that. Um,
0: I don't know that okay, they so- lose credibility though. If they if they've still if if they've still participated in those uh, exercises that they need to get the points, I, I wouldn't knock them down because they're also getting an education.
6: So le- yeah, but okay, but as long as it, that education wasn't BYU, so the more somebody extends beyond the bubble, the less Mormon credibility they have because arguably the easier it's going to be to break free.
3: Sure, and and I think it's more that a woman who does, I like the way you phrased it, man. It's like goes from husband to, or goes from father to husband in like one move. <laughs> um, there is something to be said about that being uh, des- deserved, deservedly more credible in some ways for the, the woman Mormon experience. But um, again, keeping to the like five point minimum, I, I don't know that it's, it's worth enough to parse it out, but let's go through some of these other ones. Um, So, have you? So, this next one is complicated, but I I like it. Um, Have you only ever had sex after marriage, or no sex with a partner? Or if you had sex before marriage, did you sincerely consider it the biggest mistake of your life at the time? Plus five. And and in parentheses, that's assuming you're not a murderer, in which case, minus 50. So a lot of compoundness in there, but uh, I think we all get it. Uh, yeah, having sex before marriage, um, that's, that's a big deal. Um, did you get married in the temple, plus five? Uh, and then the next series of questions, um, I feel like I just want to point out, boost my credibility, because they, I can't claim any points for any of these, but I recognize them as a, as a gap in my Mormon experience that is important. So there's several questions about children. Have you had a child while in the church? Plus five. Have you had multiple children while in the church? Plus five. Was were your child children baptized while you were in the church? Plus five. Did you did your children child or children go through puberty while you were in the church? Plus five. So that's um, uh, twenty points for the full Mormon child bearing experience. That um, I don't have kids, so I, I can't claim um and I, but i think that's a relevant important part and the older the kids get the more of that full end-to-end mormon experience you have that um you don't have if, if you haven't uh, gone all the way through that oh uh, yeah i applaud you for that yeah i, I, agree, I agree with us yeah cool um yeah. next up
6: what about if you get married? what if you meet your spouse on your mission
3: No, that would favor me too much. Um, Too too much of an anomaly. Although Not not, not too much. Maybe it's just a minority, but not. Anyway, Um, did you go to a church-owned school plus 10 points? Did you graduate from a church-owned school, meaning you put in, like, you know, two to four years plus five points?
6: Can you you really weight the Provo-BYU experience the same as BYU-Hawaii?
3: I think so. I've talked to people who've gone to BYU Hawaii. I mean, yes, there's there is a level of of more hardcore Mormon experience, um, but not to the point where I'm going to parse it out and say it has to be BYU and Provo because BYU Idaho, I've heard also is a slightly different experience, but still fairly fairly Mormony. All right, uh,
0: that, and, and, but that also, I mean, it seems to violate one of your criteria that it's not really a balanced. Experience going ac- across the globe, you know that that people no, no, Mormons no, no, in other countries don't all have the same opportunity to go to a church-owned university that somebody. Sure, they do. Really? Sure, sure they do. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: So, at least in my mission. <laughs> all right. No, I'm. I'm just yes, saying. Yes, they do. Glenn. Okay. All right.
0: No, Decreed right. once again. Minus five points for me. <laughs> I
3: explain. You guys so are great. It is, You're it is, like, so oh. It's said. It, has, it has been said. No explanation needed, Bob. Move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: hey,
6: you need to back up the graduating seminary. That's got to be on there.
5: Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I was going to say that too, but it's Bob's scale, and he's been taking a lot of shit so far. So, meh. I
3: have, I have answers for all these. Just let me respond. Here's the all thing. right. Go ahead. So the church-owned school one. Um, the, the church is, especially since Gordon B Hinckley and, and, you know, the more recent years, the, the last 15, 20 years has uh, a lot of programs and a lot of, um, support and support groups to get people who are international to, to have that full end to end experience. It was encouraged and you could tell who really was going all the way with, with, you know, and this speaks to like the trajectory of a Mormon convert, um, they get converted. Their kids are younger. Their kids get older. And if they're, if they're really doing the full end-to-end thing, even if they don't live in the states, um, a lot of times a, a church-owned school is equally weighted and really strived for, and they're really supported to get their children over to the states for that experience. Um, so it's not as easy as if you grew up in Utah, of course, um, but it's still possible, and it's still something that happens all the time.
5: And, well, and you're required— really Aren't you also required to take religious courses while you attend?
3: Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. That's that's for, that's. And aren't you
6: required you. to graduate seminary if you go to a BYU school?
5: I don't think you're required to graduate. I think you're just required to attend uh, religious courses. Is that
3: right, Glenn? Can, yeah, you have to have I a certain remember. number of credits. Um, if I remember when I, I was going, I think you have on, to
0: graduate seminary to be eligible to go to to a church-owned school.
3: I think that's true. Yeah. No, not mm-hmm. if you're not if you're <laughs> well yeah no, i don't kidding. i don't i don't
0: know i mean i i i could be wrong with that
3: If you're American, I think that's the... All right, whatever. So, (laughs) just case in point, my wife never went to seminary, and she graduated from BYU with all of the right religious credits.
5: Oh, there's Um. another Uchtdorf anomaly. I Mm -mm can't. No, I do think there are
6: different standards for American Mormons and foreign-born Mormons. Yeah, they they very well could
3: be. Sometimes that happens. There there must be. I mean, there would have to be. I
0: thought you were going to say different standard for wives
3: of Bob. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that oh, maybe. Uh, so, next one, where I get to claim Matt's a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> did you? I'm just did, Bring did, you up, did, did you grow up in Utah, or because Matt wanted it, a heavy, a Mormon heavy area? Sorry, Glenn, for the word heavy. Stop uh, panting. A Mormon heavy area, like parts of Arizona or Idaho. Or have you lived in Utah or a Mormon-heavy area like parts of Arizona or Idaho longer than a year for reasons other than going to school?
5: Which is bullshit. I, I, <laughs> I throw the flag out on Arizona being part of this thing. Hey. 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 Arizona is, is is a Utah wannabe South. That's all Arizona is. Okay, first is. It's of true. all,
1: that's true. That's true.
5: That's, that's, fact, that's why Harold Plumabee
1: so. proves the point. That's why it counts. But we, Wannabe
5: got, doesn't count as if you were part of it, we though. We had that's release what I don't time really for
6: seminary, man. It is a, yeah, we get release hour for seminary. It is governmentally, um, just culturally, it is very uniquely Mormon. I mean, you can't get away from it. I got to tell you, uh,
0: one here. of my favorite experiences when I, I was in high school and I was driving around in Mesa and I pulled up behind this uh, suburban that had a bumper sticker on the back of it that said, No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a pretty heavily Mormon area. <laughs> Something like that can fly it was good now
6: granted the the actual population of of mesa is only right around 10% which seems wow that's nothing but influence wise it's you know when you talk about activity in school influence in in uh, in government uh, it's it's going to be closer to anywhere between 20 and 50% whatever, Besides, whatever. come
5: come back to me when you guys have 80% like where i'm at so no, nah, i don't want to hear it
6: yeah, well, here's the other thing. Here's the other point, though. There is because you have so many, you have so many Jack Mormons and apathetic Mormons, which makes it easier to be that in Utah. Yeah. here it's a bigger
5: deal. Um, I don't know. You're reaching. I don't know. There's more believers than there Jack Mormons and apathetic. Yeah, come on. I didn't
6: say there are more. I said you have a large percentage of apathetic and Jack Mormons.
1: Okay, well, no, 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 but you are you are like when you look at Arizona as just the Phoenix area, which arguably you probably should. But like I. Grew grew up in in a town that was founded by Mormon settlers right I grew up in snowflake well I grew up in Sholo Arizona but like oh, snowflake yeah. Arizona all those places were founded by people that Brigham young sent out so right
5: my family yeah yeah okay definitely. but there there were Mormons that settled lots of areas like
1: even in Mexico. So, go on where's the point there so oh, my point still. is that my point <laughs> is that it's legit it's it' it counts as the morador. it counts as the morador.
0: So I, I got to ask, <laughs> no. Bob, going back to your fairness criteria, mm-hmm. how, how does this, I mean, cause I mean, you've got Tom here saying that you should exclude anybody outside of Utah, but you don't want to have state. exclusive criteria in your questions. You want it to be yeah. globally applicable. So how, how is this one globally applicable?
3: Yeah. Good question. Um, all right. I'm going to take it out. It doesn't count well, No, across yeah. the board, Matt, stop it. Stop it. So here, here's the deal. Um, this one, when originally written, was not globally applicable enough, um, and it is a harder one for uh, uh, global Mormons. I, I grant you that, but it's, again, it has wiggle room and it's not impossible, so it, it it's combining two things. It's not just if you grew up in Utah, but notice how all you have to do is live in Utah or one of these heavily populated, we're using Arizona and Idaho as a proxy, but you can count it if you, if you feel like you have a, an, another example. Um, all you have to do is live in a heavily populated Mormon area, predominantly Mormon for a year or more outside of going somewhere for school. And this counts. So again, I know, uh, many, um, Converts and people from other uh, countries who end up uh, for lots of different reasons job related sometimes their connections are church related and then they get a job um, and they move to Utah after having gone to school in utah it 's not that improbable it happens all the time that even international mormons get their their one year or more of living in a predominantly mormon area it 's harder for them, but then again, I think it 's fine to argue that overall it 's harder for an international mormon to, to have the full Mormon experience, what, but it's not impossible.
0: Why are you excluding school as a as a legitimate reason to be living in a predominantly Mormon area?
3: <laughs> because well, the count. BYU wards are not the same as exactly. Hampton yeah, wards. there's there's a different experience that comes with living um, and going through the the church uh, school structure than than living in a predominantly Mormon. I grew up or lived there type of environment, independent of school, because it means you're you're either growing up in it or you're an adult in it, which is a different measure of, of extra credibility beyond the school experience. Okay. Yep. Write yeah. that down, Jake. That's decreed once again. <laughs> Decree, yes, yes. Let yes. it be written. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one for everyone to shit on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you... Yeah, You, know, you did, could just use a few
6: qualifiers. I really feel <laughs> perhaps...
3: Some might argue, or put but there's none of that.
5: I yeah, put an asterisk out right. for each of these questions.
3: That's why if I just change the fucking title to Bob's Mormon Cred Scale, I don't have to do the, like, subtle give everyone a chance thing where it's not a, But it's the Mormon Cred Scale, so... I'll just find sudden.
0: somebody else named Bob who agrees with me. Right.
3: There you go. <laughs> um, did you receive your patriarchal blessing? Plus five. Yeah, uh, bullshit on this one. What? Why?
6: Well, because it's it's a relatively innocuous and um, just just a, a small experience, and it's one that everybody's going to go through at least in the states if they're know. anywhere near a stake.
5: You still got to go through the interview process. You got to be a certain age and, oh, and, mo- and and most 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 believing Mormons when they get it, it's their personal
0: scriptures. Personal scriptures. Yeah, so why not
6: I'm going through
5: the as a, as a kid for
6: baptisms for the dead that's just as significant or just no
3: as no 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 baptisms no, for the no, dead man. is not relevant to you personally it's not something you tuck in the back of your scriptures and read to yourself when you fall asleep
0: nope. oh but, <laughs> but i but i disagree there like if you've done if you've done any kind of proxy work for any of your ancestors you got mormon cred in my yeah in yeah my, that's, but that's in Glen scale
3: that's not covered on in the, did you grow reading?
5: up yeah. It's covered where. I
6: just I you going through a 5 minute blessing gets the same
3: amount of points
6: as going on a 2 year mission. Right. Listen, so listen. listen. That. That's complete Mi- bullshit. Yeah.
3: All right, Matt's totally jaded because everyone knows good blessings are longer than 5 minutes. That's the first problem. <laughs> <laughs> and the second problem is, do you, do you what's your personal credibility on this, Matt? Did you did you get yours? Of course I got one. I went on a mission. Yeah, did it suck balls or did it tell you stuff about the future state of your life and you the yeah, calling of the first dude, resurrection and all that look, good stuff? Yeah,
6: I got I got all Mormon cred when it comes to uh patriarchal blessing. I'm a leader, I'm doing all these things, but I I'll go even one up. When you if you put my wife's patriarchal blessing and mine next to each other, it almost it, it is completely different until the point that we that you get married, and then it almost mirrors one another. Ooh. By... Ooh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See,
3: that's you're, you're proving why it's relevant. You know that, and it mattered to you at one no, point. No, both have the we both have the same patriarch,
0: but he didn't know but, you guys were going to get no, married.
3: But
1: here's the thing:
0: no, he
3: only has like two scripts. Jake, he goes help me out.
0: Jake.
1: Okay, okay, no, no, no. I, okay. It's true. So if it's if this is about like. If if this is about the end and Mormon experience, like a piece of that has to be about like the the feeling that you have this Mormon destiny right. and a personalized blessing that's given to you, that gives you your lineage and the future and like all this stuff. I mean, that's a hu- that seems like it should be part of the cred. Here, here. I don't See, know if I it should mean, be the same as the as the I, mission though.
6: I am I am it's admittedly the pro- I am admittedly projecting here because my patriarchal blessing, although fine was never it was really didn't have that much impact on me. I read it, I carried it around in my scriptures and all that, but it just didn't didn't have anywhere near the impact on, on me as did my um, priesthood line of authority. That had even more of an impact on me, I'd say. And that's the one I really pointed to more than my patriarchal blessing, so How do
0: you pronounce that, Matt?
6: patriarchal
0: okay yeah you said article yeah patriarchal i think you get mormon cred for saying patriarchal
3: for saying it wrong yeah Yeah. right (laughs) you can't let that you can't let that patriarchal
0: the patriarchals of faith
5: yeah back to the blessing though i mean this is anecdotal anecdotal
0: yeah that's it now now i'm really i'm way
5: up anecdotal But my my blessing was way more important because mine said that I would was specific by saying that I would serve a foreign mission,
0: and then I did. Yeah, well, Illinois. (laughs) Anything outside of Utah to you is foreign. It sounds
3: like (laughs) (laughs) that's harsh, Tom. Man, we could do a whole episode on that. That's like you probably had. uh...
0: We did once. It never aired.
5: (laughs) And then I and then I uh, I even went to my mission present because it says that I'd serve a foreign mission and that I'd receive the gift of tongues for a foreign language. And hillbilly, yeah, hillbilly wasn't uh if to oh. tongue or whatever.
0: <laughs> but, so, but it was contingent upon your righteousness, right? And so you must have done something wrong. Well, that's not what it said. That's
5: not what it said. It always know, is. Bro. It always you know, is. It may not have said that, it but always everybody is. knows. That's, yeah. no. no, my mission president said maybe maybe what they're referencing is the, the mission that you haven't served yet. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I
3: like it. Ooh. I like it. Yes. That's... Well, of that's course, like, that's always the answer, right? As a that's couple a missionary,
0: one. when you and uh, Christina go out,
3: loophole. That's right. Okay, yeah. so three, three more to go, and I feel like each of these, uh, it's going to deserve a little banter. So the first one is: Have you served in a calling capacity that is more than a counselor or teacher? Plus five. So the point of this one is that everybody who's active will get a bullshit pass out hymn books calling. By default, everyone gets to experience that, but to have the full experience, you have to feel <laughs> superior, superior superiority, either as relief society president elders Quorum president something that 's more than just uh, you know everybody gets this and uh, yeah if you if you haven 't experienced being in that leadership role and the exhilaration that it comes with that comes with that then you know, you miss out on these five points. Well,
5: and and this is this is where I take exception because this is where the Tom Phillips thing comes in. He was, I mean, he, the reason why he has so much credibility is because of his leadership roles, and yeah. because his leadership roles allowed him to get the second anointing. So that's so why aren't... I that's why I think if you've served in like bishopric or higher you should get another five or 10 points.
3: Oh, oh so you just want it to be more okay.
0: kind of the way that you did it with the, the children experience, like, like that yeah. category was like 20 points. and Then you had, you know, like each one worth five. So this would be like a scaled thing that to get that uh-huh. full experience would be worth a total more but but you'd have to break it down a little bit. Is that kind of what you're saying, Tom?
5: Yeah. But, but also if, because oh, I'm trying to think how I would do this.
6: Yeah. But you, you also equated counselors and teachers so are you, if you're in a presidency, though, that should give you some points more than just uh, a nursery teacher, a primary teacher.
3: Or... Well, I'll grant you that my, my wording choice is, is not ideal. I'm just saying, like, second counselor. And there's certain – there's like a hierarchy of – and we all know what it is, but we can't, like – Completely define it. It's just because you
6: can't count Sunday school president.
3: It's just another way of saying: Did you only have bullshit callings, or did you have authority over other people significantly callings? And and then everybody can define that slightly differently for themselves. So I might not have put the parameters just right around it, but that's the vibe that I'm trying to give off. All
5: right. Well, like like the executive secretary and bishop. I mean, that's they essentially have a part time job in their ward.
3: Yeah, executive that's secretary true. is a huge deal. Um, I personally think that that's. Uh, considerable and, and counts you, you get the five points for that because you you get to see the inner workings of how right. stuff happens so yeah um okay so yeah, so. I, i'm
6: gonna say gospel doctrine teacher you should get something
0: Bullshit! No mm. way! Yeah no. yeah, no, but I I, I agree mm. with that. That's a pretty prominent role in Roll the ward. Crap. No, we've
3: all done it. Well, yeah, yeah we've all no. done it. But I mean,
0: you get some cred for having experience. You don't get
3: authority, it. though. You don't get any authority. It's like you're yeah. just yapping well, away at the so, front of the room because everybody gets a chance at the mic. You so, have influence. You may not have yeah. authority, but you have
5: influence. Oh, and, not, they, no, not influence. I, they they put nut jobs up there. I don't know exactly. Yeah. They, they
0: they yank you when you start going <laughs> off script.
5: Not, yeah. not if, not if they don't have a sub in or somebody else they can call. Not if,
6: not, uh, not if you have credibility, man. You can do whatever you want.
3: <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I prove that. Next <laughs> four next years, one. bro. <laughs> have you have you had delusions of authority, grandeur, and assumed you'd eventually be bishop, stake president, or at least mission president someday, or the wife? The problem with the this one? is
6: that every Mormon, every Mormon, or certainly every missionary,
3: well. Arnold. Give yourself five points if, I mean, there are some Mormons. <laughs> do, you don't you don't know those Mormons that sort of, like, this speaks to, like, Glenn's brother. I'm pretty sure it never would get five points for this. Yeah, Sorry, but, that no, but he, home? he,
0: like, left the church when he was 15.
3: Well, exactly. Yeah. But even when I was 15, I was still having these feelings pretty early on. But it was clear, you know, his yeah. trajectory was never going to allow for this. Well,
0: maybe, th- yeah. The I like I didn't the like this, I
5: like it. I didn't like I didn't like this question because I felt like it was calling out the narcissist. Like, where are you at? Where are you at? Because you have you have delusions of grandeur, don't you? You want That's to, you part know, of Mormonism, though. So, yeah, God, there's no, no way no. to
3: escape narcissism. No I mean,
5: part of Mormonism is you're supposed to be humble and charitable, dude. Yeah. No. Supposed, oh, no, no, no,
3: no. It's, it's keeping it's your eyes false. set
5: on.
6: <laughs> yeah, no, it's the false humility. You got to have this. Yeah, yep. it's yep, yep. and a great example of it. It doesn't
5: is, feel false, though, Matt. It well,
6: feels. Genuine. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite talks. Yeah, that's, my that's, that's the talks delusion
0: in... part of it, Tom.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the delusionally uh, <laughs> humble. But I love. I love in general conference when an apostle will get up and talk about the men, the other apostles, and how great they are, and how wonderful they have to be because they're an apostle. And it's like this kind of, I am, I'm so humbled that I associate with these men on a daily basis. Dude, you just are basically calling yourself great. Well, That's what you're saying. No, By elevating they're, they're, everybody else in no. that position, Mormons all do the same thing. I'm
0: sure I've used this example before, but there was a guy who got up and gave a prayer in sacrament meeting and said, we are so... Uh, humbled to be the most chosen of thy people. <laughs> right. And like, I just like fell off the bench. Like, everybody, I like looked, opened my eyes, looked looking around. Anybody else hearing this? Did you guys catch this? We're the we're most humbled to be the most chosen of all thy people. Like, how do those two ideas coexist next to each other without anybody batting an eye? And that's that false uh, sense of humility. Oh we said we're humble so I guess we are in our arrogance in our, in our <laughs> elitism we are the most humble of all the elite Well
5: it wasn't it wasn't until Bob when we were talking to Ben uh fellows from the Lacuna brotherhood when he was we need said you know in my most modest moments I you know I would never have admitted that I you know foresaw myself becoming bishop one day and and then I thought to myself you know what I I've never wanted to admit that, but, yeah, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Good. like, when you became, what, what Tom, high counselor? Yeah, you why did loved, you forget that? You yeah. loved lording that over everybody.
5: Well, that gives me Mormon credibility, That's not on ball scale. That's what I'm saying. But, <laughs> you know, and
6: actually, that might be a better
3: one, is that, uh, are you a high priest as a, as a yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, hey, right. Hey, you get... You. For, sure, sub that in for the calling capacity one, you know, more than a counselor, teacher, high priest, that All right. kind of stuff. I accept that. You get five points. You, cool. I, ex- so, I accept your amendment, Bob. <laughs> See, I listen to the people sometimes when they come before me and kneel properly. Yeah. So, uh, last question Do you or your immediate family have a personal story involving a general authority? Plus five.
5: I think that pretty much covers everybody, doesn't yeah. it? I mean,. Yeah, that's got to kill this one. No, no, why? Because
6: everybody's got at least, you know, six degrees of seven, ba- Kevin Bacon. They're
3: gonna, this is, I the, mean... this is the one that's the most fun because everybody is gonna have a, a shitty story that's not a real story, but they're gonna want to count the points, and that's the whole point of the question. <laughs> hey, but it's not a shitty story to us, Bob. Come on, man. See? Yep. <laughs> like, I shook hands with him. Like, you want to count that as your story? Okay, cool. He came
6: counts. He came to state conference, and I stood in line <laughs> yeah. with all the other 500 people and shook his hand. It was amazing. But the
3: fact that you remembered it and it matters to you still to this day gives you the five points. If somebody with a blank stare, uh, back to um, uh, uh, Glenn's brother as an example, edit this out, Glenn, if this is too much focus on your brother or whatever, um, I'm pretty sure if you were to spot check with him and be like, hey – do you do you have any memory of a, of a meeting a general authority and what did that mean to you? You'd be like, "What? No, what, who again?" I'm sure I might have. I don't remember. But anyone who deserves these points would be like, "Absolutely, I remember. It felt so great. It was at this event or that event at this time of year. Like you know all these weird surrounding variables. Um, that's why you get the points is because it matters.
5: Well, because my you know my dad my dad had the story of uh, shaking hands with Spencer Kimball at one point and he said that they they locked eyes and. I mean yeah. it did it didn't get see, intimate or anything or my, weird. I shook Spencer W.
0: Kimball's hand. We'll see. See.
5: Five points for Glenn. Yeah. My family's from or my, my
6: grandparents are from Safford, Arizona. And so Spencer W. Kimball was their state president, and they were around that same era and they went square dancing with them and all this other crap. So they were like best friends with Spencer W. Kimball in my family uh narrative. And
3: so I've got there
0: family you from Safford too, Matt. Yay. Well,
3: There we go. So all that adds up to 100 points, and uh, we all scored um, 70 or higher. Uh, Glenn is the reigning champion of the infants at 85. Um, Arguably, arguably. I feel like I need to jump in with a quick update. We now have Randy's score, and it's a funny thing. It turns out he's actually the most Mormon of all the infant panelists, even more than Glenn. Randy scored a whopping 95 out of 100. Because it matters so much. As I keep saying, it doesn't matter. It's all about the three big buckets. Um, So, uh, yeah, I think um, I'd really like to put, especially people I don't know that well, I'd really like to only know them in this way. So that's why I really want everyone in the world to fill this out. So my turn. My turn. (laughs) Okay, go, Glenn, go. Wait a minute,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute.
6: Uh, So if you... Before you get there so is there a so do you, have you ranked this though if you 're under a certain um, certain points, then you don 't get a complain when you leave you just have to leave quietly, and you really can 't you have to leave it and leave it alone is that yeah is a, yeah that's
3: oh. th- sort of I mean if you complain you have to you have to you know put all the cards on the table that you only get partial credit for complaining or something um, i don 't want to completely take it away from you because you do have some points, but the three buckets were. Now that you've heard how all these points add together, 70 or higher, and and you're in the, the free pass zone. Like active Mormon, liberal Mormon, conservative, ex-Mormon, you all have the same amount of credibility. 50 to 70, you're in the, the caveat zone of you need to disclose, but it's usually just, oh, I'm a convert, or but I still went through most everything. Um, but even converts can be in the top category. Um, And then fifty points uh, under fifty points is where you really have to be like, I I only partially made it through the whole system, Um, so when I complain, it's not as valid, and you just have to admit it to yourself.
6: Well, see, (laughs) I used to be really active uh, in these these kind of former Mormon groups. Here in, in real life, locally here in Arizona, we'd have book clubs and we have these discussions and 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 real uh, um, Ouija board oh, just,
0: sessions.
6: Yeah, they were just they were just really uh, just painfully obnoxious uh, retelling of the same story and just right, kind of yeah. we, we told ourselves it was cathartic and uh, it, it, whatever. Um, but there was a <laughs> wow. couple people... I'm, I'm, so, I'm a former, former Mormon now. It feels like, but there was always a couple people who would want to pipe up. You're and so cool, man. Bag on the church. I'm, I'm so beyond this. You're yeah, so I'm cool. That's so, very hipstery of me. You're very cool. Um, <laughs> Self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sitting here with my micro brew and my beard as I speak. Um, <laughs> so, but there would be a couple people that would bag on the church, and, you, and and we would be very judgy towards them of you know saying you don't get to. You, you don't get to complain. You don't get to have these same, we're not going to validate your feelings because you didn't sacrifice your experience right. what
2: we did.
0: Yeah. So, and yeah. that, I mean, that, that, that was kind of what I thought about. And Bob's used my brother as a, an example, you know, that I, I thought of an experience that I had with my brother and I was with Randy at the time. And, uh, we we were all in Kansas City visiting my sister, and we started talking about the temple, as Randy does. I still don't approve of it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, talking about the, the handshakes and the names and stuff. My brother never went through any of that. and he, So he jumped in, he started bagging along with it, and it really annoyed me. And then there might be some, like, sibling rivalry over where I'm like, my little brother's got to stay in his place. Maybe there was some of that. But it, it was kind of like you didn't go – on a mission for two years, that's thats out of bounds for you. You can't make fun of that. You didn't go through the temple. You didn't go through all that stuff. You never believed it. You never cared about it. So there, there was something that was very distasteful to me about him complaining about that. So, you know, when I'm thinking about Bob's mormon cred scale it felt like there were some things that were missing to to me there that that are like the inner gooey center of the mormon experience that like Mm -hmm. it seems like there's like this nice hard candy shell around it but where's that nice gooey center of the mormon experience so that that that's why I went through and tried to to at a very high level say what are the categories of the Mormon experience and I came up with five that I think
6: that was very that was very Dan Witherspoon of you I'm going to do this at a higher level
0: this is a higher yeah. level than what yeah. Bob did yeah you've got this right.
6: you've got this thin yeah. form of right. Mormon cred I'm going to do the fat right version yeah. I'm going yeah. do the inner right. yeah can I and, use the word
3: <laughs> dantic again you can so, You can. <laughs>
0: And and I'm going to say whatnot now like seven times in a row, and then you can really get Witherspoon on me and whatnot. So, okay. But but I, I see that heritage is a really important category, uh, cultural immersion. How much you actually participated in the culture that is Mormonism, uh, which is separate from the the, the beliefs and everything. Um, and then you've got like a belief and worldview. How much you really even bought into any of this stuff? You weren't just going through the motions. Uh, then there's things that you just do because. You're supposed to do them, like the obedience factor and you're just following without thinking about it. And then there's that personal identity thing that that Jake brought up earlier. And I don't you know, I'm not gonna go into the details of all those, but but when I when I took those five and superimposed them over Bob's questions, like I saw that Bob was very heavy into the heritage and the obedience and behavior, but very light on the cultural parts of Mormonism, the belief and worldview parts of Mormonism, and that personal identity parts of Mormonism. I think the GA story, like, do you have a GA story, that that goes into that personal identity thing, but but the other the other areas I felt were lacking.
3: I'm not asking questions about did you memorize, did you do scripture mastery, because it's kind of assumed that you know what scripture mastery is if you check off, tick off several of these other boxes, which are much larger key milestones that aren't as uh, pedantic um, in terms of uh, the point values that they would deserve. Because stuff like, you know, did you have a picture of Jesus hanging in your home? Sure, yeah, that's really Mormon, but that doesn't deserve five points or doesn't feel like, it feels like it's just getting into the weeds too much.
0: Yeah, I, and, now, and I, I wanted a little more weeds because it, I like to have those kinds of questions that that would start to differentiate people from each other. And, and, and in, I know you wanted to stick with maybe like no more than twenty questions, but I would be okay with fifty. You know, and, but then it
3: would differ, it would differentiate people on on that. Uh, back to Jake's, uh, the way you articulated it, Jake at the beginning was really great and i 'm trying to rehash it, but this is less about measuring passion and, and degree of commitment as it is the universal baseline commitment independent of how passionate you go in each of the verticals of those key milestone commitments and so it seems like a lot of what you wanted to do, Glenn, was to play around with um, the passion level, but then that all of a sudden makes it less relevant for you know conservative Mormons versus liberal Mormons because the liberal mormons wouldn 't get points for you know, they would—they don't have uh, family portraits with everybody holding their scriptures hanging above the fireplace mantle like like a hardcore conservative Mormon would have. Because I did have friends like that, by the way. Um, that's like their family portrait. Everybody has scriptures in their hand, and it's just like so over the top. And in one sphere of a measurement, and that that could increase your points, but it's in another sphere. It's irrelevant. Well,
0: I mean, that, that that is a very weed level detail that, that if, if we identify that as the type of question that we would want to ask, then, then I would say, let's scale back and go, what type of a question is this? Okay. That's like a personal identity thing that has to do with your family, you know, like the, the family picture. So we would raise that up a level and make it more general and inclusive so that it fits your three criteria that you wanted to do. And so it's, it's this exercise of trying to parse, parse out the questions, get them at the right level, you know. So, so what I was proposing that we do is go through that exercise, not here's, here's the question, CTR ring, put it in there. Yeah, you know, yeah but like yeah. A question like a CTR ring. And, like, if you put in a CTR ring question compared to a did you go on a mission question, you're not going to weight those two the same, you know, for, for reasons that you've already explained. Right. But but I do think, you know, there, there are people that have, like, the Mormon experience is so complicated and so complex to try and – and and really capture it in 20 questions or less you're you're not going to get it and like no, it's no, a fun, it's a fun it's a fun exercise um but are, is is there more that you can capture with that um I, it was because i liked the the uh uh the, the direction that you're going with it i just wanted to go yeah 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 let's do this
3: that, that yeah and, awesome. and- in me playing my God role, part of me is like, nah, eh, it's 80% good enough. Quit cherry-picking the parts of the Old Testament that you don't like. Come on, <laughs> it's still in the Bible. Leave it alone. It's close enough. If you're going to believe, you know, all this stuff collectively, you know, just just uh, gloss over those parts that you're not as comfortable with. And because if you... And I think if, I mean, the analogy falls apart, of course, clearly in several ways. But if you look at this fun little exercise you know going through it at a higher level or or uh, taking taking it to the next level is like in my opinion um just making it incrementally slightly better but it's 80 percent there and i think it's fun and good enough and that's kind of the attitude i was running with as my as my uh well i think we've also got a, really, a
0: very small sample size to to compare you know wh- where the scores are because I, and i should have done this with with my wife um what what score she would get on this. But she would probably get pretty close to mine. Um may, maybe like around sixty points or something. But like my my wife didn't know who the Jaredites were. So I was talking with yeah, her and like, I'm like if if you and I'm like, who were the Jaredites? And she started laughing. She goes, uh I, you know like the the more the more I I Uh, Probed on that, like eventually she go, okay, they were the ones that came across on the submarines, and she started getting it, but tied onto a dish, dish. right, right, tied (laughs) unto a dish, and then like with the stones and all that thing, and and she she gradually started remembering (laughs) it. But by the way,
6: what the hell, the submarines? That's a crazy (laughs) story, right,
0: (laughs) right, right. But but like, so if if you're scoring similar points, but there's something so fundamentally missing. In what what the experience is? I mean, I don't know. I I think I think you need to capture that somehow, and that that's why I, th- there was like the, the the belief in the worldview that that you bought into, how important it was to you. That I didn't quite get. Anyway, I, I'll I'll yeah. stop. I'll stop talking sure. about it. Sure. What
5: well, what about a slightly different direction? I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. Have you guys ever heard as as ex-Mormons in some of the groups that I kind of run in now? Have you ever heard that if someone resigns from the church that they lose quite a bit of Mormon credibility? Yeah, so that's true. So sure. as as a Mormon critic, they're like, well, you resigned from the church, so I'm not going to listen to what you have to say.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. So let, let, I, I do want to talk about that. Is there like a dec- – what's the decay rate on your credibility? Like uh, as you, as you go out of the church – how does that credibility decay? Because yeah, I think there is some sort of decay, but we're acting a like a static over time, right? You, you achieve these milestones and then it's in the bank forever, but that's not the case.
6: No, right. it is because it's, it's once you've experienced it, once you've been there, you can still tap into it. So I still have a, a guy that I talk to on a regular basis who's in the high council who comes to me. And asks me questions about theology, about Mormon, Mormon culture, about practices, when issues come up in High Council. So, you know, this is going on, and I wanted to get your advice. I don't know why I'm coming to you, because I know you don't believe anymore, but you know a lot more about this than I do. And so he's earnestly trying to get my advice on on things that they're dealing with on the High Council. So I'm going to say you always get – once you attain that
3: credibility, you never lose it. I'm going to push around.
1: against that. Yeah. yeah. Go
3: ahead, Bob. In the, in the 30 seconds since Jake brought it up, I've, I've given it a lot of thought, and uh, uh, I think, because I like to quantify quantify things arbitrarily, I think it's something like, using my own scale, you lose one point for every year out of the church. So, if you live till you're... What? No, hear me out. If you live until you're like 80, and you left the church when you were 30, then you're losing 50 points, but if you were Mormon, then by the time you're 80, two-thirds of your life, you know, is, is no, no longer Mormon. But you still get to claim, with a pretty big caveat, you still get to claim that you were Mormon. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's, the, that's too rapid of, you know, I'm, I'm sort of thinking out loud. No, I, I, think, or, or I don't know what it is, but it's something around that, those lines.
1: Well, the thing is like if if being Mormon or or experiencing Mormonism is something where – I mean if we're quantifying it to the point where you can – we're measuring how much you bought into it. The the longer that you stay away from the mentality, the more foreign it becomes. And I'm realizing right. that, like over time, you know, the, the, like some people in my family, like the like the experience that, that uh, Glenn talked about, where it's like we're so humbled to be your most choice people. Like that doesn't even that's not even on the radar for most Mormons. But the fact that he's been out for a certain amount of time means that means that he was able to recognize that as something being crazy. Well, and I, was, so... I was
0: still in when that happened, but.
1: Anyway, but but the, the point is like the far the farther away you are from from Mormonism, the less you can really tap into that mentality. And I feel like, to a certain extent, there,
3: I think there is a decay rate
0: as as yeah. the ex Mormon cred uh, increases.
3: If it is cred, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, what's ex Mormon cred? I don't know. That <laughs>
0: where, where, what would you do That's with like someone? If you drink, if you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. If you, yeah. Have maker, you have a coffee, coffee. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you do a podcast. Yeah. Do a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> have you been on a you Mormon know, you... podcast? Um, what, what would you do with someone like Jan Ships? Is, is, that, is that a uh, Ook anomaly?
3: Yeah, kind of cuz yeah, she's yeah, never yeah. she's like a scholar but never uh actually converted, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. no.
0: I mean never even close to converted. She doesn't believe any of it, but she but right. she is very respectful of it. I mean, she's a I think what's she's a Methodist, Jake? Is that is that what she Yeah, is? Yeah. yeah, she's a Methodist.
1: Um,
0: but like I- as far as knowledge base she knows Mormon history really well. I mean, there's yeah. things yeah, about the church. So, like, how would would she get some kind of Mormon cred? Or
3: she would, but it, it, this scale is just totally falls apart for her because No, if you haven't been baptized, you can't earn points. Yeah. <laughs> well, and
0: it's a different. It's a, what it's if like you were her- baptized, but part of your clothes floated up?
3: this is Mormon you know this is the end-to-end experience cred her cred is like real cred so like it's the same word we use cred in both scenarios but it's actually (laughs) two different versions of cred because she's actually like educated not just someone who went through the experience so I think it's just apples and oranges she just doesn't she wouldn't fill out the scale because it wouldn't she would get close to zero and that's not not, that's not the same credibility as the credibility she really does have.
6: You know, this discussion just reminds me of a blog I read about from a bartender who's talking about what each drink that you order means. And each one is just have this real negative connotation. He basically is judging people for every drink. And then at the end he says, basically, if you order anything, you're an asshole. And that's kind of, <laughs> it's just about, at the end of the day, it's just about judging other people and saying, eh, here's, you know, you're, you're not, you, uh, for some reason, you don't have uh, the same ability to, to speak on something or, or uh, at least on Mormonism than I do. That's
3: really what it's about. And
6: I support that. Don't get me wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things in life where the more self-aware you are, the less bad you, you get. You know, you have to feel about something that you know is kind of a dick thing to think or I, I don't know what the inverse relationship is there because it doesn't quite pan out that easily, but that's how we want it to be. <laughs> anyway.
5: Isn't that when someone can say, well, the reason why I can speak about Prop 8 or gay subjects is because I have gay friends. Yeah, yeah. See,
3: that's, that's right. a classic example. Uh, that's yeah. perfect. It's that like, is good. Really? <laughs> because you have gay friends? you want to look in the mirror and say that one more time and just see how you feel about it, looking at yourself <laughs> when you say it? Right. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, some of you took issue with, this this example, uh, when you were interviewing Matthew on that previous episode. Uh-huh. I was in
4: the church about a year, and I had just baptized my third convert. I decided, that, you know what, I want my kids to go on missions. I want my grandkids to go on missions, so I need to set the example. I can't be a hypocrite. And so I, I filled out the papers, and I was a member about a year and a half when I left for the uh, the Philippines.
0: And and you had baptized th- three of your friends? Is that before Correct. you went, okay. So you were you were gung ho.
3: Um, you thought that he should get a lot of bonus credibility for having converted friends in high school um, mm-hmm. before his mission, and that that somehow was like super super Mormon sauce for the credibility scale. <laughs> and I think that's total bullshit because it has nothing to do with the true Mormon intent experience.
5: Whoa, uh, uh, really? You yeah, think but that of course, course it does. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, not yeah, in the yeah, way that you guys want to, that. Wait, wait, See, you want to quantify it. See, this is where you lose credibility, your credibility Bob. your fucking
1: scale, or the way that we want to quantify it.
3: Well, okay, how do you not want to quantify it? Do you want it to have points or not?
6: Yeah, it of course should have points. This okay. is
3: where you lose credibility. Yeah. Tell me why
6: because the, it it demonstrates two things, one the whole uh, the, the cultural experience that you bought into it and then or and then glenn's uh how much you've bought into it I guess is that you've uh, if you've converted you're all the way into the point that you start actually con- helping to convert other people and that you're successful in doing that means you're pretty persuasive i I think you get you are and then you, you that gives you credibility, but then you also have those. Uh, those people's souls, or that on your kind of on your your head as well. So I don't know. I think
0: it's. I, I, I think, think it definitely adds. I think again, it goes you know to 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 my conversation or my experience with my brother where it you know and, and i and i said this in the email i didn't say this when we were talking about it but if he would have been bagging on scouts or deacons corn passing the sacrament things like that that he actually participated in then yes of course he's got credibility there i don't have the problem it's it's when he's doing he's going outside of his experience and and especially that it's being critical and it's bagging on it just feels like you're being Disingenuous. It feels like you're being a poser. Like, like you just want to fit in with the cool guys, and the cool guys bag on stuff, and so we're going to bag on stuff too, and I'm cool too, huh? It's that kind of thing that I'm I'm responding against. And if you've got, if you if you have the experience to back up your criticism, then then I'm less critical of your criticism. Um, And so in in Matthew's case, where he was only Mormon for six years for for me it helps to see how much of an impact that 6 years had on his life and uh, on his um belief system and that you know how much he bought into it or whatever that it, that he was passing that on and sharing that to other people now when he's out of it and he's being critical about how much he believed and how much he bought in it and and what an impact it had on his life there's more credibility there because he he really was pushing it you know so, so to me that's why i think there's there's credibility i think there should be points but Mm-mm. but i but also to, to me what what i'm describing is problematic because the 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 credibility is there's like a correlation between the experience and the criticism that you don't have any way of measuring in a buzzfeed type scale you know, it's right. just and, more of like a and, real life cred kind of situation
6: well these these questions should ultimately account for how much it impacted your life or how much you sacrificed for the religion and that's really yeah. what it comes down to to me is in each of these right. questions should account for that and the more you it impacted or influenced you and the way uh, you know the way it impacted behavior rather than just uh, you know, oh, saying, oh, hey, I, I go to church because my family goes to church, but it actually impacted behavior at school right. and other places. That starts give, getting uh, to getting credibility to me.
3: But, okay, so we're talking about two different things because um, I don't want to – I mean, I guess I'm going to sort of play the anomaly card slightly here because, I, again, I'm talking about the end-to-end Mormon experience. And but, but there, there is,
0: is no single end-to-end Mormon experience, Bob.
3: Right. And that's why nobody gets a hundred points. Yeah. But it, it,
0: okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: So what, what I'm trying to say is that, um, the formula is slightly different for a convert and, and it's, it's very, um, it, it's very skewed in this weird way that has little to do with the end to end Mormon experience. Um, that first year after you're converted, uh, I, I remember, uh, and my wife is a convert, and her first year, I remember, she at one point had three callings simultaneously in a small branch, and was really disproportionately spending a lot more time with the church because it was fresh in her mind. It was a huge commitment. So yes, there's like this, there's like this special anomaly for the the you know post conversion first year factor, um, but it's it's hard to to give credit for that um, because it's so. Indicative of that unique use case, not use case, but um, that particular conversion um, path that isn't really, it's a minority compared to what I'm trying to measure in terms of the overall Mormon experience. It's a very unique, concentrated experience for converts that isn't really that much about the real, in this case, with Matthew, the real Mormon experience is the mission. If you actually were successful in converting three of your friends, the only way you are that way is because you're doing something that no person in the standard end-to-end Mormon experience would do, and that is successfully convert your friends in high school. That never happens. That that is like you don't get points for that because it's not something that's part of the standard experience. See, but I, th-
0: I think you know with, with him because he was only a member for six years and you 've got you 've got to look at the possible end to end Mormon experience that was available to him during that time and how much he engaged in that and to me that 's the measure of his credibility i mean again, taking him as like this one isolated person, but I think you could take that same approach with anybody
3: right but then but then what that ends up doing is it it ends up favoring uh, converts in a way that allows them to quickly make up for lost time and and, and it should, be because, a, because somebody
0: who is no, a convert but to the not, church, uh, they're, they're, they're making the choice to engage in the church. It's not just something that they're born into and that they you know right, jack right, around but, for years.
3: When they go to a party and they meet another Mormon and their experiences are going past each other because there's only 20% overlap because the dude was only a Mormon, no matter how hardcore of a missionary he was and successful he was, sure, in one aspect of credibility, there's deeper cred in terms of his salesmanship, but it doesn't speak to his ability to speak about Mormonism as a whole. It doesn't really give him much more than the standard stuff you get from your mission. So from that perspective, he has very little extra credibility from doing bonus missionary work before his mission. Cause he, he already gets that credibility from the mission, well, No,
6: but it's not he, just he, a convert. The mem a member would get should get some credit too, if they were to convert people on their uh, or, or prior to their
3: mission, on friends. So that's like okay, a success okay. metric. It's not well, like hey, an hey. experience hey. metric. Sorry.
5: I was just going to expand on Matt's point, because when I was a home teacher, I, I was able to convert in an active family and baptize their youngest daughter. So does that give me any points?
0: No. Good yes. for you, but yes, sorry, Yes, it man. does, Tom. No. Yes. <laughs> Be, being a home teacher by itself gives you cred that you were an active home teacher. You actually did that for me. On on this behavioral engagement scale? Yeah.
3: But for me it implicitly gives you cred by having grown up in the church, by having lived in Utah. There's like so many questions where follow it's implied me, you're a home Tom, teacher.
0: Follow me. Follow me. Follow Tom. me. Follow me. Follow me. I'm I'm gonna go with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so are you gonna are you gonna create that BuzzFeed thing then, Bob, and put it up on our site? And if, let people...
3: You, you, if I can figure out how, if I can figure out the right vehicle to do it, I would love to, like, have this be, like, an interactive episode right. or something. where, Yeah, yeah that would be fun. And then have a little box at the bottom like so people can chime
0: in and, and add their support and or criticism.
2: Christmas.
5: Right. Uh, well, but uh, are we going to put a stop to it if people start calling Bob bad names and shit? Wait, no, because no. we don't say no, so. Okay, we're going to no. ask you for that. If you <laughs> like
1: to call him Bob bad names,
0: <laughs> five points.
1: Yeah.
3: Right. Minus fifty. <laughs> Minus fifty. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with it.
2: Put down the weapons that you use against yourself you don't need them anymore lay down the weapons that you use against the world we don't need another war put down the weapons that you use against yourself you hi this is hillary matthew ryan carol Ashley. and i like to play bingo online while listening
0: to infants on thrones
2: you can comment on this episode on the website infants on if you really like what you hear Give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I
3: did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer?
2: My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes and take a breath.
3: Thank you for
0: listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.
2: I sit still and watch the thoughts float past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be I like to jump and let the universe catch me Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me I keep my pockets like destination in sight Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights I'm walking past the fight